Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Better Events Podcast. In this episode, we are very excited about, guess what, chat GPT. That's right. We are using chat GPT to ask some questions to us for this episode, and that is where this idea came from. Now, we're going to get into it in a moment. Just a friendly reminder that we are currently seeking sponsorships for the Better Events Podcast. What this means is we have a couple projects coming up, and specifically for those projects, sponsors might be interested in those. So if you work for a company who might be interested or you know of a company who might be interested, please reach out to us via our email and the show notes and we can go ahead and get started on some of that. But for now, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm your co-host, Logan Clements, and I'm joined by fellow co-host, Mary Davidson. And before we jump into this, I'm just already laughing because I think it's going to be a fun episode where we captured ChatGPT's idea of what questions we should be asking for today's episode. We're going to do a conversation starter. And Mary, this one was generated by Logan, not, not the internet. Mary, what is something that you've read, watched, or listened to lately that you'd recommend? This is always a fun question, and I like have. I'm like, what? What do I share? I feel like there's so many things. But Logan, I texted you about this one. I just recently discovered the show Jury Duty on Amazon Prime. Hilarious, amazing, love it so much. Like, I'm that type of person who actually like doesn't really laugh at TV shows or movies. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just disconnect. Like, I smile. I think it's funny, and I love it. But like, I don't like LOL. But I LOL constantly when i'm watching this show so that really shows that it's pretty funny and um it's like the office vibe plus reality tv if you haven't heard of it and it's about like this fake jury and only one guy thinks it's real and it's great it's amazing go watch it that's my recommendation mine is a podcast and it's called dis and tell and it is all about celebrity feuds and this is funny because i feel like i'm really yeah i've i I don't think I've read a lot of like the magazines about celebrities and things like that, but um, we'll link to it in the show notes. They do an episode about like Britney Spears and Jamie Lee Spears, like her sister. They just did one with Black China and the Kardashians and they have either they're like one episode, one feud, or it's a two-parter if it's pretty intense. Uh, And it's just very entertaining. I really like like sometimes podcasts, I either want like self-growth and business advice, or I just want to kind of learn something about something random that I'm like, this might never come up unless I go to like a trivia night, but dis and tell it is quite enjoyable, has made some car rides uh, and some workouts recently. Kind of funny just to dive into other people's drama. Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm finding it right now and following it. So I don't forget. I'm excited. So good. <laughs> I was actually worried you were going to go something um, business related and I was like, come on, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Dis so and tell. Glad. It's going to be great. Your, all your celebrity <laughs> feuds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Before we jump into the rest of this episode, we're going to interrupt to quickly plug the first ever Better Events Conference coming to you virtually. When, Mary? On Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. That's right. Mark your calendars. 
So excited. Uh, we are very, very happy for this to be coming together. And we just want to hear from you for you to register your interest, to hear about when tickets go on sale, or if you want to partner with us or speak at this year's conference, please visit our website, bettereventspod.com slash conference. We'll see you there. You know, as we are every single week, we're excited for this topic, but especially this week, Logan was saying she was kind of giggling at the beginning and I definitely had a little bit of the giggles too, because it's just funny. We've been wanting to do this for a while. So everyone is talking about chat GPT and we decided to turn it, um, turn to it for help for this episode. And so the, this is the prompt that we gave it. I'm going to read it so you can hear exactly what was typed out. So we asked chat GPT, Write a list of 10 interview questions for two event planners for a podcast episode all about event planning. The questions should be about topics that are interesting for planners with over 10 years of experience in the event industry and in a fun tone of voice. <laughs> Love that little add-on there at the end. You have to. For anyone who's been doing prompts for ChatGBT, you have to prompt it to like the tone because I said I think the default tone is incredibly formal. And so we just threw that in there. I don't know how fun it really came out to be, but we threw it in there. I love it. Awesome. So this is the first question then from ChatGPT. As seasoned event planners, what's the craziest or most memorable event that you've ever organized and what made it so unique? It's a full question. Also a hard one, Logan. You can take this one first. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And these aren't going to be easy. These are internet yeah. creative. Like I got um, think about this. Yeah. By the way, I, these are like pretty real reactions. We didn't really look at these questions in no. detail. Nope. Uh, I think the craziest, not the most memorable, but the craziest event that I had to organize was called Wine, Women, and Shoes. And this is a event format that someone created and you can purchase it as a nonprofit and they give you templates and all these things. And the whole concept is it is women drinking wine, buying shoes. And there's specific roles for men at this event. They're shoe guys. And their job is to walk around with shoes on platters, trying to convince you to buy their shoes. And they do a fashion show. And there was a fashion show element of it. There was a live auction, a silent auction, a boutique, because people were buying things and wine. It was the most like crazy, chaotic elements. Uh, and I'd never done this where I like we had this organization brought us in just to run it, but they'd already purchased this like box set of what you should do for this event. And so it was really weird to execute a vision for an event that didn't really fit with the vision of the organization. And it, but it also was something they'd done for years. So it was like coming in as this independent outsider being like, why are we calling them shoe guys? What are you asking them to wear? They're, you're also supposed to like the guidelines from the company are like to flirt with the women and make them feel special. And it just like every, there's a lot of parts of it that I was like, I don't agree with. And so it was just chaos, chaos, organized chaos, but chaos um, that made it kind of a memorable one. I bonded with a friend in the event industry here in Seattle over this event because we, we got through it together. Um, but yeah, I don't, I would never want to do it again for that kind of, that kind of theme. It was just, it was too much. You can do a fashion show. You can do a fundraiser. You can do a, a market. Don't ever do them all together. It's just, it's too much, too many things. Mary, how about you? <laughs> sounds like a journey for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, when I think about like events, it always takes me back to like one of the first ones that I think made me realize that I loved events. And it was one um, when I was previously employed. It was one of those events that Logan, you went to it. It was a Halloween party fundraiser. And it's so funny that I always bring this one up 
but I just think, I don't know, there's lots of, I guess, memories made at that time that made it feel really memorable. Um, Also, looking back, there's lots that we could do better. And Logan, you're probably like, yeah, I know, because I'm the one who attended it. But (laughs) but my memory is just like the craze of, so first of all, this took place on like a larger like area of land than I normally do events on and like different terrain and like it was like a hill and so that alone is like golf carts on golf carts on golf carts like people to drive the golf carts everybody needs a walkie-talkie like it was just this big like production type of like just situation and so it was I don't know that that alone was crazy and then we just worked with so many different like vendors and things like that and like the even like double crazy thing about this event is everybody came for free all the vendors donated their product for free for 600 people i feel like you can't do that anymore and we had 30 of them like 30 vendors donated product for free for 600 people like that just is crazy to me that that even was possible because now it's hard to even get like a few things i feel like donated for events but um yeah the whole experience it just felt that one felt so much like a wow we really did this it felt like a huge accomplishment and so that one is really memorable for me a little you know lots of moving parts seems to be our theme for that question all right mary our second question from chat gpt was over the years what valuable lessons have you learned about managing unexpected challenges or crises during events and how did you handle them with finesse Okay, I don't like these questions because <laughs> these remind me of interview questions when you're like, there's like three questions within the question. I'm like, what's the simple question? Now I'm like, I don't even know what to answer, but that's not, that's at chat GPT, not at you. Maybe we, next time we ask for simple, simple questions. <laughs> well, I, I do think of a time-saving answer to this, this question, Mary, yeah. is that you and I did a webinar recently with Expo Pass all about contingency planning that is available for replay. So I feel oh, I like we did a, about an hour long answer to this question. <laughs> I love Unless it. you we'll have anything else you want to add. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's perfect. We'll just link right out to that. There you go. Cool. <laughs> Got you out Thank of that one. Much. Thank you for saving me. Our next one, okay, get ready. <laughs> Planning events requires a keen eye for detail. Can you share a funny or unusual mishap that happened during an event and how you quickly improvise the solution? Also in that webinar, we talked about these things, but maybe we can give one example here. This is like when you can't think of anything, when you know you have tons of stories. I always think of the servers catching on fire just because it's so weird. Like, when does something like that happen? We've talked about this one on the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. But the servers catching on fire with our virtual platform and things just not, not working. Um, and all of us not sure why. And it was because the servers were on fire in New Jersey while we were all safely and safe and sound in Washington State. Um, funny or unusual mishap. This one, I don't know how funny it was, but I feel like an event you and I, Mary, worked back in the uh, earlier part of this year where it was a hybrid event and we were doing it from someone's home. And leading up to the event, I feel like I lived and breathed how important the Wi-Fi was. And I didn't follow my rule, which is usually to test everything before we really get into our full run through. And lo and behold, on our rehearsal day, the internet was really slow and it was really stressing out the client. And it was like, we couldn't pinpoint what it was. We had the IT person for the the homeowners. IT person was like physically with us trying to help us do it. And we couldn't figure out what it was. Was it Zoom slowing down? Was the internet? And then I felt like I was like pulling my hair out on this because it really was going to make or break our event. And then everybody left and it was just our team, just me, Mary, and one other person left in this house. And all of a sudden the internet was great. Everything was crystal clear on Zoom. 
and was like, I've never felt more gaslit <laughs> all day. Um, and then we went the next day, we were staying not too far from this house, also on this like island peninsula. So the internet was supposed to already be kind of spotty. And we did a test stream in our house on our rental Wi-Fi and everything looked great. So that when we went armed back to the house with their IT person, I was like, you can't say it's the island Wi-Fi because here's what we streamed back at our house, like a couple blocks down and it was fine. And we were able, he figured out the solution with like really throttling down the internet and all of that fun stuff uh, for you, anyone else trying to use it. And we were able to move forward. But I just remember it being not really funny in the moment, funny afterward <laughs> because it was so stressful, but just one of those things in the moment I was like, oh, I should have tested it before I let everybody hop on the internet. So lesson learned for myself. Yeah. And I was actually, when you started talking, I was like, that's what I was thinking. But I was thinking of the same event, but it, just the fact that we were left alone, like you said, in someone's house, like we three event professionals, they just left us. They're like, lock the door on your way out. <laughs> we're like, okay, cool. I don't like this amount of responsibility, but cool. Just I'm more like that we got let in without the owners. And it was one of those where I was like, somebody was like, I hope we're in the right house. <laughs> I was like, yeah. we've already set up all the equipment. So if <laughs> we are in the right house, this would be really embarrassing for everybody. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, but yeah. listeners, if you have a funny one, we'd love to hear your mishap. I, I'm sorry we can't think of more right now. Uh, like I said, we, we are getting surprised by these questions from chat GPT. So I think we also have an episode, Mary, we can link that we did horror stories back in like season one of the podcast where we shared around Halloween time, the horror stories that we had from events. So that has some mishaps in there, I know for sure. Um, but Mary, our next question is with a decade of experience, ChatGPT, you might not have misunderstood my prompt here, but with a decade of experience under your belts, what industry trends, trends or changes have you observed that have significantly impacted event planning and how have you adapted to stay ahead of the curve? Again, a combo question, ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're like we're all tired of talking about the pandemic, but this is literally what this is, right? So I would say um, what I really like to see from trends, and we've talked about trends on here before, but what I've just loved to see come out of this for the industry is these these new ways that events are changing. I think like programs are <clears throat> more concise. Love that so much there's just more purpose and more meaning behind what we're doing. People are trying to do more with it, build communities and things like that. I don't know. It just seems like overall way more intentional events. At least that's what I hope. That's what I like. And so that's probably what I would say. What about you? Yeah. I think for me, my brain just went straight to technology and how much event technology has changed since I first started in the industry and today. And even I feel like changes on a you know annual basis. COVID I think in the pandemic helped you know expedite some of that, but something I see with experienced planners who maybe have been in the industry for 20, 25, 30 years, some of them are quite resistant to technology and figuring out how that event app works and knowing, you know, some of the nuances. And I feel like the ones I've seen who've really flourished, even as they've gotten older with more experience in the industry, are the ones who've really embraced that technology. And I feel like it really applies no matter if you're just getting started or you've been around forever, like Mary, I feel like we mentioned on our last episode or you know, two episodes ago, talking about how we build event teams that just understanding that technology, maybe you're not the person who has to do it, but knowing its capabilities, how it can, you know, save you time or energy or the solution so that you can better inform your clients or yourselves is only going to make you better. And so I think for me, it's been embracing the technology and the bumps and, and you know, roadblocks and the curveballs that come with a new technology has made 
me a stronger planner and only helped the people that I work with. I love that. I think that's awesome. Our next episode, or our next question that we have from ChatGBT is, we all know that event planning can be stressful at times. What are your tried and true strategies for staying calm under pressure and keeping your cool in the midst of chaos? Great question, ChatGBT. That one makes yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is not as complex of a question as we've been getting. So yeah. uh for me, I mean a lot of it is always just like take a breath and something helpful. Again, I've mentioned on the podcast recently, but like understanding that we can control there's only certain things we can control, and it's often you can control yourself, you can't control the others around you. And that a lot of people are gonna be coming with energy that they have picked up from somewhere else outside of your event, and they're bringing that into your event. And so you have an option that to either mirror that chaotic energy back at them, or you can be calm and collected. And so that's always, I'm like, take the breath, take the extra second, give that person a smile. And, you know, you're able to kind of breathe through it. Um, and then the particularly stressful, you know, moments, I would say just having, making sure you take time to decompress for yourself. So react in the moment, handle the situation or say like, I need to make a phone call or talk to somebody once it's handled, make sure you like give yourself a moment, like go to the bathroom and just like let your own stress flow out of you or do. I love the Wonder Woman pose if I'm ever nervous, if it's like pre-stress for something. So putting your hands on your hips and your feet like shoulder width apart and it just instantly there's science behind it that it like gives you dopamine confidence, especially if you have to hype yourself up for maybe a really tough conversation or something. But breathing through it, I feel like is really helpful. Um, and then backup plans. We already linked to our contingency planning, but I say I get a lot of stress relief before the event even starts knowing we've talked through scenarios because I know what we're going to, how we're going to react to it. Again, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm ready and I know who I can call when someone isn't in my registration system. Or if my speaker's running over, I know who I'm going to turn to, to say, Hey, do you want us to try to cut them off? Do you want to give them more time? What do you want? Like, we've already talked through it. It's not a new thing. Um, how about you, Mary? What are, what are some things that you do to stay calm under pressure? I, every, literally everything you said, I was like, yep, that's what I was going to say. So I agree. I, I guess I'll add on also and say not only just contingency planning before, but also for me, it really helps like, you know, mentally to think ahead of like what could go wrong. It's, I mean, that is contingency planning, I guess, but like, but for myself, like, like what's going to bug me? What am I stressed about right now? Like, how am I going to react? Like, you know, because you worked with people throughout this process. You're like, how so-and-so going to be that day? Because that might be really annoying. And just like thinking through, for me, how I'm going to react to those situations is really, 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 really helpful. Um, we read a book for this event, Pros Book Club, that Logan leads. Um, the book it was Never Split the Difference, I think. It was the one about negotiating. And the one thing that stood out to me from that book that I always remember is that he was like, if you're in like, you know, a stressful situation or something's coming up that's stressful, just think of all the things that could occur, like all the outcomes and how you would react to each of them. So you're going in super prepared. So once again, it's contingency planning, but I'm really thinking about like you yourself as the event professional, what's going to stress you out and how can you prepare for that ahead of time? That helps me react really calmly. For me, it's like a super, it's a mindset thing completely with how I react. And so I completely agree with what you said. The one other thing I want to add to is like, for me, I really um, like, you know, if something goes wrong, it's helpful to, you know, go talk to your team members about it, but for a limited time only. And then I need to like go away and have some time by myself. I don't, um, don't find a lot of value in 
complaining together. I want to just move on. And so that's helpful for me. It might be helpful for you too. It's a great one. I do think that, yeah, there's a, I feel like there's a whole language that some of them pros can have like with their eyes of just being like later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what we talked about how important a post event debrief is too. But that has also been kind of like a cathartic therapy session for an event where maybe a lot of things didn't go according to plan or maybe things happened that are out of your control and having that space where like Mary's saying she doesn't want to do it in the moment. But I have found like post event doing a, and I always schedule these before the event happens. Like before the event has happened, I've scheduled the time for this debrief with my team after the event. And I usually try to do the day or a couple days after, and it's like 30 minutes. And it is a moment where you can just like air out whatever it is that maybe was bothering you if it's still sticking with you. Because yeah, a lot of, I talk about this with my therapist a lot, is like my job is so much of absorbing people's stress. And that's wonderful and a great skill to have, but you also need to know how to release it. Like it shouldn't live in you because that's like where you get burnt out and all these other things come up. So figure out what works for you. Um, I found some of our topics or, you know, methods we just talked about are really helpful for me. And then um, getting to vent about it later sometimes also helps for anything that really sticks to you. (laughs) That sticks to you. I like that. Awesome. Okay. That was a good question. Our next one is as seasoned professionals, you must have come across some fascinating event themes or concepts. Can you share an example of a particularly creative or unique event theme that you've successfully brought to life? I do have an example of this if you want me to go first because you look like you're thinking. This was a a sob story, everyone, because this event never came to fruition, but we did start planning it and then COVID happened. But I really enjoyed the planning process. And ever since then, I've thought about this kind of event. But we were going to do a um, New Orleans themed event like Mardi Gras event, but like classy (laughs) and so we we thought through like all the elements like we we had the design we were like getting a decor person and they sent you know the schematics and things like that that we were going to do and it's going to be like half indoors half outdoors but we were going to like bring in these drapes over this gazebo and it was going to be beautiful and we're going to have these feathers and things and then um they were going to transition to this like mardi gras space and that was going to be like more fun and like the colors we were going to have like this like alligator bars type situation going on and uh, we were going to have like somebody dressed like um a jester and they were going to like be doing something cool i don't know it was just gonna be like an amazing theme and i was so excited and even like the obviously the, like the food we were having like a um deconstructed jambalaya i think was going to be the food the the main food or something like that and then as people were leaving i can't remember what it's called but there's this thing um this new orleans like thing where people get this gift as they leave and there's a phrase for it some french phrase and we were going to do that like it was going to be amazing didn't happen so there's your ideas for your next mardi gras new orleans themed event make it happen for me <laughs> what about you logan any uh, <laughs> any fun themes or concepts that you've been able to see or do I have one that was similar that was in when I lived in Shanghai. It was called a starry night was our theme. And we just really got into like the different lighting schemes. And we wanted people to like be transformed from the minute they stepped off the escalator in the hallway that we like did this big blow up kind of tunnel that they came through and had all these like stars projected on it. And it was just very immersive from like the minute you came in down to the details of like the DJ was in all gold. And then for the after party, you transitioned to like all silver. And we had dancers doing a shadow routine and we just really like played with lighting which in a really cool production way 
Um, that was really fun to kind of come together. I didn't come up with the concept. We had a creative part of the team on the at the agency that you know did a lot of that lift, and I was more the execution of how do we actually light this? Like what's possible from their beautiful creative drawings. Uh, and then I think my other one is just, I mean, I talk about on the podcast. I do sports. I love sports. I think sports have a great live sporting events have a great uh, way of bringing people together and injecting fun and levity into it. And so some of my favorites are the fan cams that happen. So this is like, think your kiss cam, your dance cam. If you have never witnessed a Simba cam, which is Lion King and it's Simba cam is where like Rafiki lifting Simba up, you put this up and it's supposed to be that people lift up their babies and their small children like Simba. And it is just hilarious because you play the, the like Lion King th- like soundtrack and you start cutting around and people are just really creative. And I saw one on YouTube, a, uh, I think a different baseball park did like a dogs at the park night. So they had people bring their dogs and then they did Simba cam, which nothing is funnier than seeing someone lift their ginormous golden retriever in the air like Simba. Because I saw that. Yeah. They've probably done it as well now at this point, mm-hmm. but it's just thinking about some of those little nuances that um, always bring me joy. I love it. Those are so fun. I'm, now I want to go look up some of those on YouTube because I just, I appreciate it. That's awesome. Well, that was a fun one. I like that question. Obviously I'm like really judgmental of these questions. So let's see what number seven has. It is event planning often involves working with diverse vendors and clients. How do you ensure effective communication and maintain strong relationships with all parties involved to deliver a flawless event experience? a good question valid valid question again you could have a whole podcast episode on this Mm -hmm. um i think how do you ensure effective communication i mean i'm a big fan of pre-calls so ahead of time you know doing some kind of a phone call or video call doesn't have to be long but just kind of touching base on whatever you've talked about i had a couple scenarios where it was the inverse i got brought in to do some day of execution and i did not do this because i was just the day of person and i kind of assumed that the other people doing the like prep for it had done those pre-calls to be like, hey, yep, you're arriving at this time. Here's where you can park or maybe you can't park. Here's the address. Here's what you're bringing. Here's what I'll have for you. And uh, I got a little burned in those experiences. So it really just reinforced like I think emails and texts are really helpful. But if you can get the, the key for me has been getting the actual phone number for the person on the day of that you are dealing with, even for things as simple as like a drop off, not actually a vendor who's staying is just so crucial. And then either touching base ahead of time or at least the day of ahead of when they're supposed to get here. Because that just like, like thinking, for example, I do the US Open tennis and I'm doing that again this year. And we have a kid's day where we have over like 30,000 kids come to the grounds and do different tennis games and things. And last year I was in the point of contact for the balloon vendor who was bringing like hundreds of balloons. And it was so important that I touch base with them ahead of time to call and be like, what gate are you coming to? What time are you coming? Oh, you want to come at 6 a.m.? The grounds don't open until 6.30. So now I have to call security, like ground security, and figure out who's going to let us in at 6 a.m. And it was just helpful to have touched base like, and talk to someone on the phone to make sure that we had a pretty smooth experience on the actual event day versus just assuming they would know what I needed and they assumed I had what I needed. So I think just having that call is really helpful. Yeah, I love that. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. The only thing you know, I think that I um, could add to it is just to like, not be for to ask questions. I think regardless of how much experience we have when we work with new vendors or parties or people, we just don't, we don't know how they work. And I never want to assume, you know? And so sometimes I'm like, look, I'm about to ask you a lot of questions, but 
like it's for the good of the event so we hope you don't mind and then not not for lack of experience but because we want to do this right and then just like we ask them a lot of questions um that's how i prefer to do it but i think setting the expectation is also important all right our next question from chat gpt was the event industry is known for its tight deadlines can you tell us about a time when you had to pull off a spectacular event within an exceptionally short time frame and how you made it happen Virtual events always felt like a shorter time frame, and I feel like that time frame is bled over a little bit now. So it just seems like most events I'm a part of are like three to six months, six months if I'm lucky in advance. But during the pandemic, it was very much, you know, like for like a full on virtual event planning, like one month was like really common. Um, and that is stressful, but it made like the when they came together so much more rewarding in a way, kind of too. It was a challenge, certainly. Uh, not that I would recommend it, but it felt, yeah, rewarding. And so um, I don't know that I have a particular uh, event in mind. I guess I did one like school auction online that just really came together. And as I said, we had a month to plan. Um, and to make it happen, just I think actually what made it happen was the client recognized that we had such a short period of time to plan and kind of stepped back. They're like, what do we need to do? And then they would give me the information that I needed to be able to move forward but they didn't get in the way. And that was just lucky. I think that was a lucky experience. They were a good client. And so that was a good experience for me. But what about you, Logan? Yeah, I think COVID was honestly the time when we had to do things like next week. <laughs> and I can't, I'm trying to think, I had, I know I did one that was a convention and we had virtually, they pivoted like three weeks in advance of the convention happening. And I was a virtual backstage manager. And it was like, we were going to have to tech check a hundred speakers in a day. Like they were coming. I had two minutes with them before they were going to have to go live for their four minutes and then they would be gone. And it was like on to the next one. And I remember what was so important was the number of prep calls that we had as a team of just figuring out like, what is the language? And we practiced without those speakers being there because we knew we weren't going to get access to them till the day of, but like practiced having extra devices in the zoom that we could move from one room to the other. We practiced on our headsets, exactly what verbiage and words we were going to use to the point where like I had a script written out. So I wouldn't forget it of like how the producer was going to address me, how I should respond and how I would let them know if something, somebody wasn't ready so that everything was like super crystal clear. Um, but I do remember it being really stressful because it was one of those where you're like, oh, the gift of time. So um, I think and then my just like my pro tip I always do and I have to remind myself this is just like one of the most valuable things in events is time. And so anything that you can do for yourself today to help you out tomorrow, do it, especially if you're doing an event where you have like a setup day and then the actual event day, because there's been some times where I'm like, no, tomorrow will be better. You know, it's just easier. I don't really want to do it now or I'm not going to print that. I have time in the morning to print that thing. And every time you're just like rushing versus it's like, all right, if I just printed it tonight and then it's done when I wake up, I have like three less things I have to do or bags to stuff or things to set up. Like just give yourself the gift of time. If you have time to do it today, do it today so that tomorrow you has more time. So we're at question number nine, which is with a wealth of experience, what advice do you have for aspiring event planners looking to establish themselves in the industry and making a lasting impact? And we do have an episode about this as well which we will link. It's having to do with like people who are new to the um, industry. Yes. We'll put that in the show notes. And I think I highly encourage you to listen, but if I had to leave you with one piece of advice, it would be just to get out there and do events, volunteer, get your feet wet, like just get experience. And that'll help you figure out like hone your craft or figure out more specifically what you want to do. And then the important part, if you do it, you got to kind of talk about it, post about it, put it out there. Because again, 
you're going to be your best promoter, whether you work freelance and contract work or you work full time, but just sharing a photo of the event you did on LinkedIn. Like there are, again, the number of projects or leads or relationships I've gotten because people passively have seen what I've been doing has been, you know, unparalleled to anything that I've like actively really gone after. Um, and there's a couple people I know I've done work for that the only way they would have known that I do events is because they just passively watch what I post. So make sure you're telling people and it can feel uncomfortable. It can feel weird, but do it. I promise you it's worth it. I think that's great advice. And then I've been thinking about that so much because I don't really post about events we do on LinkedIn. And I'm like, gosh, why am I not, why am I not doing that? So thank you, Logan. Way to light the fire for me and hopefully for others. Yeah. And our last question from ChatGPT was, lastly, events are all about creating unforgettable experiences. Can you share a heartwarming or inspiring story of an event you organized that left a lasting positive imp impact on attendees or the community it was held in? Mary, as the owner wow. of events, of EP events, events with a purpose, <laughs> do you have an anecdote to share? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do. And I, but the thing is, I don't have a specific example, but I, you know, have the opportunity to be in front of a lot of heartwarming programs that impact the community. And so um, it's like not just through the work that we do with our clients, but I've done some like day of work before too, just because I really like excuses to like be in the room and like see events and fundraising events and things like that. And so I've done like registration or just um, live auction recording and things like that. And so I've seen a lot of programs. And I think the thing that really, really gets me is the videos within those programs. I don't know. I like videos, you know, capture, they make you feel, you know, in a way that I think someone speaking can also make you feel, but usually that's like the intent of videos and they usually do a good job at doing so. You put a little bit of music behind it and all of a sudden my heart is like in it. I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm so like grateful to be a part of something like this. Um, but the ones that I think really stand out the most, you, you, when you hear from somebody who has been, you know, impacted by the mission and how it's affected, like a personal, you know, a person who's like, I benefited from this and here's why it changed my life. Like that to me is very Im impactful. I'm also, we won't talk about this in this episode, but I'm really mindful of like ethical storytelling and fundraising events because sometimes that is kind of not done very well. But when it's done well and when someone is up there telling their true authentic story about how they were impacted, oh, my gosh, it doesn't get better than that. And I know I don't have a specific example, but just trust me. It's amazing. Oh, mine. I think I know I get the like touchy feelies about what I do for at sporting events because my roles have been everywhere from where I'm like the person leading the show and directing it and making the decisions to just being like a stage manager who's helping get the people on the field and clear them off when they need to be off. Like and I just get. Like there's just certain moments where, yeah, you realize that you're impacting, even if it's just making like the fan that we picked for this one fan game that we're playing, the fact that you've just made their day, like I get goosebumps from it. It makes me so cheesy of like, we walk so many steps and do so many things that are not very fun sometimes that it like makes it all worth it. Um, and then there's also with just like lighting and pyro and music, I get goosebumps uh, like at these live sporting events at times. Cause again, my favorite memories as a kid I, I had the realization are all related to sports presentation, to the fan experience of going to the game. I very rarely could tell you what the score of the Phillies baseball game that I went to, but I'm going to remember the antics that the mascot did and how much I laughed at it and thought it was funny and my whole family can imitate it. Like that kind of stuff just gets me so excited and tells me why we're we're doing the things we do. I love that you said that because it isn't just about, you know, the attendees or the community, but you as an event professional, 
we certainly hope you've had that feeling when you've worked an event like wow how cool to be a part of something like this and if not keep trying new events because it's out there and it's very possible to feel that positive feeling while you're while you're working it so what a nice little way to wrap up the questions chat gpt thank you heartwarming um which brings us to the end of our episode so we have our bonus tip for today which comes from logan Yes, I have the bonus tip this week. And this one is applicable if you have any volunteers working your event. Make sure you schedule a virtual briefing call with them like the week before or the week of your event. I have been instituting this for the last year with my events and it's been just so helpful to virtually meet the folks you're going to be working with, give them some of the basic information about your event and volunteer roles. And then the key here is it actually gives your volunteers time to process that information so that ahead of your event day, so they're not just showing up and getting a ton of information thrown at them. Um, and it also does help with your retention and show rate for volunteers. I found those that can make it to that call are then much more likely to actually be showing up on the event day, which can be really crucial for you as an event organizer or planner. So have that virtual briefing call 30 minutes tops 45. If you really had to, you'll, you'll see a lot of success out of it. Yeah. I've been on the other end of some of these calls with Logan and I super appreciate them. So here, here couldn't agree more. Thank you everybody for sticking with us and listening to another episode of the better events podcast. You can find us or follow us on all pretty much social media platforms at better events pod. You can email us at better events pod at gmail.com. You can visit our website at bettereventspod.com. Definitely check it out. We love our website. You can connect with us on LinkedIn as well. We'd love to hear from you directly. And thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We will be back with you again next Wednesday. Bye.